Look, our brains are great at lots of things, but remembering passwords is not one of them, especially not secure passwords. Let's free our brains from being password managers and get something way better. 1Password. One 1Password one keeps everything private and in sync across multiple devices. 1Password can't see the passwords or sensitive information you store in 1Password, so they can't use it, share it, or sell it, and neither can anyone else. I've been using 1Password for about 10 years now, and it's made my life so much easier, especially using it with Touch ID and Face ID. It's the first thing I install on any new phone, computer, or tablet I'm using for myself or my family. And all you have to remember is one strong account password that protects everything else your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. And I love that something I use to save me so many hours, I can't even count them all, is something you can try too. Right now, my listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash beyond for your growing business. That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash beyond. Don't let security slow your business down. Go to onepassword.com slash beyond. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm Eric Fisher, your host, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week's episode is going to be an incredible boost to your productivity because it's a conversation with Benjamin Spall. He is one of the co-creators of MyMorningRoutine.com, as well as the new book, My Morning Routine, How Successful People Start Every Day Inspired. And before you get to thinking, eh, morning routine, I don't really need another book about why that's important or how to do it, so did I. I thought the exact same thing, but this book is amazing, and it does cull together, it compiles together morning routines from many, many, many successful people. And there are a lot of trends in there, not just trendy trends, but like consistent trends of these successful people, what they do to set up their morning and start their day right, and surprisingly also start that morning routine the night before. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Benjamin Spall. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Eric. See, now I just assumed that I could call you Ben, but it's because <laughs> my brother's name is Benjamin also, and so it's like, I call him Ben, I'll call you Ben. Oh, yeah. Now, see, we're already brothers, so. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, mostly, I'm mostly Benjamin for professional stuff, or like if my parents are uh, mad at me, that's kind of, that's when I'm Benjamin. <laughs> sure, sure. And, the, and they'll add the, the middle name in there as well, so. They will. They go the whole hog if, they, if they're really mad, Yeah. <laughs> So you have co-written an awesome book. It's hitting me right where I need it right now. It's called My Morning Routine, How Successful People Start Every Day Inspired. And the reason it's hitting me perfect right now is because we're in this season of school ending here in the United States, and uh, my kids are home. So my whole morning routine used to be one way and now it's another based on being involved in their morning and getting them out the door and then and I work from home so it's like I've got to get them out of here or focus is kind of shot and anyway so this is this is a perfect book we've talked about this topic on the show before but I think dedicating an entire show to this topic is perfect mm. because you guys have done a great job with this book I mean there's so many people in here in a sense you've done what I do with this show is you went and interviewed a bunch of people but you made it all on the same topic instead of all the different productivity topics 
Yeah, so the, thank you. Well, basically, the idea behind the book is we've actually had a website based on the same ideas for a little over five years now called MyMorningRoutine.com. Um, so, yeah, we started the website yeah, five years ago, and we basically had this idea of we wanted to figure out the kind of the most important morning habits that people could have to kind of improve their day, both on a day-to-day basis and also over the long term. And it's hard to believe now because it's such a big topic, but five and a half years ago, morning routines really weren't being talked about anywhere near as much as they are now. So it was a pretty original idea at the time. Yeah, so we did that for about three years. And two years ago, we got a a book contract offer from Penguin. And then we put it together. We interviewed a bunch of new people for the book. I think many people who are already fans of ours think that the book is just a collection of interviews from our website. But in fact, over half of them are brand new and won't be published online. And um, yeah, it's just this massive, massive collection that we've now put together. That's very cool. So you guys started about the same time that I started this show. So mm. it's pretty, pretty ironic in a, in a weird sense. But yeah, of course, you would have to update some of the entries because you would have interviewed somebody years ago. And as we'll get to talking about in this conversation, Obviously, there is no one set perfect way to do a morning routine <laughs> for uh, anybody, let alone the same person. It's going to morph and change. And like I just said, like mine's changing right now. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And yet several people updated their routine for the book. Like the, the author, Ryan Holiday, he he had a kid or rather his wife had a kid since we last spoke to him. So that was obviously a big update. And, um, you know, your, your point is exactly right. Like people's routines are different. So as you go through the book, you realize that there really is no one right way. And I'm sure that's a little bit disappointing for some people. But we do try to uh, point out uh tips and tricks and kind of uh, things that can work generally for everyone. But there's no one idealized morning routine that as a whole works for everyone. Um, but as you said, also our routines change over time. So we have a whole chapter in the book uh, based on adaptation. And the point is to not feel disappointed or not feel like you're falling behind if your morning routine changes, but to kind of recognize these changes and decide, are these changes that are actually important to you? Is this something you want to change? Or is this something kind of like just life and work is getting in the way. And that, that's a change you may not want to happen. But other changes, you know, they, they have to happen. You kind of have to work around them. So from having done a site like this and now a book on top of that, obviously, you know there's power in having a morning routine. So what exactly is a morning routine? Like, let's define this because I think a lot of people, they're just like, well, yeah, I guess I I get up and I check my email and I take a shower and then I go to work. Like, and yeah, if you do that enough, that's, that is a routine, but we're talking about something more intentional, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. So many people, they start out and they tell me that they don't have a routine at all. And I tell them that, yes, for the most part, they do. It's kind of just similar to what you just mentioned. But the point is to have kind of an intentional morning routine where the things that you do in the morning, not not only do they happen consistently, they're things that you want to do and they're things that you believe will have a positive influence on your life. Um, So in terms of how we view a morning routine, it doesn't have to be in the morning. We make the point that you could be a night shift worker and then your morning routine in inverted air quotes uh, would be if you wake up at 4 p.m., let's say your morning routine would be 4 to 5 p.m. and then you go out to work. But in terms of what it should be, we like to think of it as a habit stack. So in the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, 
He talks about how a habit is a cue followed by a routine, uh, followed by a reward. And in this in this space, you can have several habits that stack on top of each other. So we, we think a morning routine is really powerful because you have that original first habit of just waking up. So you wake up and then you go to the bathroom for the most part. And then after that, you can continue to stack certain items on top of each other. So we have different chapters in the book that kind of suggest different ideas that you could bring into your morning routine, such as morning workouts or morning meditation, or just kind of spending time on self-care. But you can generally just stack each of these things on top of each other. And as long as they're not too long, as long as they're not too complicated, uh, this can go on for you know an hour, an hour and a half, depending on how much time you have in the morning for your routine. Yeah. And so there's a couple things that you've pointed out here is one, it doesn't really matter what time of day that you start this. It's more, this is the priming of the pump for your day. Right. Whenever you start your day, it's the proper start of the day. Yeah, that's words. exactly right. And uh, we, we found like we have a statistics page in the back of the book and the statistics from everyone included in the book, plus everyone we've interviewed on our website, which is a little over 300 people. The average wake up time is about 6.30 a.m. That time really isn't important. Like I, I personally, I typically get up about 7.30 a.m. if I don't wake up earlier. Um, but we, we, we spoke with people who get up a and on the website, we've even spoken to people who get up at 10 a.m., for example. So that isn't important. And being an early riser or not really isn't important. And we, we kind of really want to make that point stand out because there are so many books and kind of articles that always talk about how you have to get up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. to really be successful and have a good morning. Uh, but we really don't believe that's true. We believe that it's true that if you give yourself some time in the morning to experience and enjoy a morning routine, that is much more important. And that time will depend on how much time you have. So you may have an hour and a half. You may just have 15 minutes. But actually giving yourself that, that, that amount of time when you wake up is the most important factor. Yeah, so it, it, it's really more about starting your day properly at the time that is most optimal for you to start your day. Uh, because we've, and we've talked with people on this show before about, you know, when's the right time of day? You know, what kind of a person are you? If you're an early riser or mm -hmm, a night mm -hmm. owl or if you're somewhere in between and, you know, and it's a popular misconception, like you said, that it's like, no, to have a morning routine and to be productive, you must get up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., right, pick, right. pick one and stick right, with it right. and then get up and, and knock your, you know, biggest thing out of the way first and then then go do some self-care or something you know so yeah no that, that's totally right and we also make the point in the book um many of us if we have a partner like a husband wife or boyfriend girlfriend it's quite common to be on a different kind of schedule to them so for example i am like i said i get up at 7 30 so i'm a relative early riser i'm not like crazy early but i'm you know relative uh my wife she is much more of a night owl so i took Typically, I'm, you know, I'm in bed, I'm, I'm, I'm laying on the bed, I'm typically falling asleep around 10pm. Uh, that's when I get very sleepy. But my wife, she doesn't really get sleepy until at least past midnight, sometimes even 1am. And we're talking during the week here. And that that is quite common. So you kind of have to work with that. And it may not be ideal. So for example, Typically, that means that during a typical weekday, I'm going to sleep a little bit later than I would like, and my wife is going to sleep a little bit earlier than she would like, so we can go to sleep together. And you don't even have to do that. Like Sometimes if it's a weekend or something, maybe I'll just fall asleep a little bit earlier and she'll stay up a little later. But generally, you have to recognize that people do have different times that they're more prone to get up. And you know, there's a definitely a big shift between like early rises and night owls that you kind of have to accommodate. Definitely. And it sounds like my situation is very similar to yours with I like to be in bed at about 930 to 10 o'clock starting <laughs> to fall asleep at some point there. Uh -huh. And my wife is 
somewhat like that, but she's at least another hour, hour and a half delayed. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it can be tricky, especially then when you have kids in the mix as well. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a whole, uh, yeah, I, I'm personally not a parent yet, but we have a whole, uh, chapter on parents because we kind of wanted to bring their voices into it. And definitely in the chapter, like, I'm not sure if you've read that one yet, but we talk about how, we're we're not trying to pretend it's it's as easy, you know. We're not trying to be like, yeah, it's just the same. It's it's clearly your problem if you can't do this. But um, it's clearly uh, we wanted to uh, make it clear that there are things parents can do, and we do talk about getting up a little bit earlier than your kids if you can, and that's a great point, you know. If you can, it's certainly a little bit more difficult when you add kids into the mix. Kids don't make anything more easy. In fact, they make everything more <laughs> difficult, <laughs> but they do make things more re- rewarding. So, you know, right, not, exactly. not trying to scare yeah. anybody away, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it changes everything again. Hence why, like my routine right now is changing completely. And in fact, one of the pieces about my routine that's changing is not only the, let's use that phrase habit stack. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's changing up not just what's in that habit stack in the start of my day, but it's changing up the night before, since we're talking about that, as to what I'm preparing and putting away or getting out or setting out or or preparing for that next day for those habit stacks to be even easier to walk through. Right. No, that's that's exactly right. And you really having an evening routine is a big part of having a good morning routine because uh, getting getting things ready, like you're saying, like whether this changes over time or whether it's pretty consistent, having that time to get things ready, whether that's like making lunches for the next day or putting your clothes out. Many people we spoke to uh, talk about the benefit of if they if they want to work out, if they want to run or go to the gym in the morning, just putting out your workout clothes the night before someone where you'll see them when you wake up. It dramatically increases your chance of actually working out. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's not foolproof. Sometimes you'll just be like, I really don't want to. But for the most part, you'll see it and you're like, you've already made that effort, you know. Um, but there are many things you can do in the evening. And um, another one is just getting enough sleep. Um, and it's so important. I was actually speaking with some people last week at a workshop event. And they kept coming to me telling me how difficult their mornings are, how they struggle to keep a morning routine. Um, and I, I quickly asked them, I was like, so how much sleep do you get every night? And many of them were telling me they get four or five hours of sleep. And I was like, well, this is this is the problem, you know, and this is not always our fault, especially if you have young kids. It's not our fault. But if you don't have young kids or if, you know, they're a little bit older, so they're mostly sleeping through the night, you really just do need to focus on your sleep to get anything out of your morning. Yeah, I would say that's almost in a sense getting that good night's sleep and getting, uh, you know, doing that evening routine to make sure you get that good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is possibly more important than even the morning routine the next day because if not you're missing probably the most important thing about starting the next day which is not starting with this huge sl- sleep deficit <laughs> yeah no totally i actually in the early stages of this book it was actually going to be broken up into just three sections instead of 10 and like one of those sections was going to be focused exclusively on sleep and um, because it's just such an important part we actually decided to not do that because there's a bunch of sleep books by sleep scientists so we couldn't really uh, hold up to that but um yeah no sleep is so important and when people say this to me when people tell me that they're more routine isn't really happening uh, they're often surprised when i'm like i tell them you know a morning routine isn't what you should be focusing on right now i'm on you should be focusing on actually you know getting seven to nine hours of sleep and if you're currently getting four hours of sleep i i see that you're probably gonna move towards the seven rather than the nine but to be honest all of us need that for the most part all of us need seven to nine hours of sleep and i often say to people you could be closer to the nine you know we, we assume we think we, we just think seven but you could be closer to the nine and I, i'm certainly much closer to the eight than I am to the seven. Yeah, I'm much closer to the seven. 
in the end and and I actually try to sneak a you know 20, <laughs> 20 minute nap in on days that I can but not mm-hmm. that yeah. doesn't happen every day but it's, it's kind of nice to do right about this time actually <laughs> recording this in the well for me it's the early to mid late afternoon ish time so mm-hmm. We're talking about an evening routine here, kind of, as as a component of the morning routine. What are some of those components, especially, that are helpful for people to get that seven to nine hours of sleep? Mm. Yes, yeah, so there are many things you can do in the evening. And yeah, one of them, as we kind of mentioned, that there are things you can do that will help your morning, such as the putting clothes up. Uh, but there are also things you can do that can actually help your sleep. So one thing, um, I don't know if you're a morning or an evening showerer, but if you shower in the evening just before bed, um, that dramatically increases your chance of actually falling asleep because of the uh, the energy your, your body takes up, um, cooling yourself down from the kind of warmer shower temperature. That kind of makes you sleepy. And the same is true for taking an ice bath. So it's not actually the temperature. It's like if you then take an ice bath, it's the energy of um, bringing your core temperature back up. Although I would obviously say that a shower is slightly more pleasant. So yeah, taking a shower before bed is a great way to uh, get yourself sleepy. And even taking something like melatonin. Now, melatonin, it's not a drug per se. So it just helps you when you're already sleepy. It helps you kind of take that sleepy window to the next level, hopefully to sleep if you're um, struggling with it. So that's great. Another thing I would say is if you haven't already uh, written a to-do list, as of course you talk about, uh, if you haven't already written a to-do list, it's not great to be doing it in bed. But if you're really struggling to sleep because you have these items in your head, then just just write them down and then move that piece of paper somewhere else. And then you can you know really f- fall asleep from there. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, especially the mental RAM that gets taken up mm-hmm. by thinking about tomorrow without actually capturing those things down. And I, and I try to do that actually as part of a, um, mine kind of looks like this. Kids go to bed, hopefully earlier than later. I try to <laughs> put, you know, do some, do some quick tidying. I get out my workout clothes now and set those out. I fill up a, a, bo- a bottle of water, put that in the fridge so it's nice and cold for first thing mm. in the morning. Uh, I'll even prep the coffee but not push the button. So that's <laughs> ready also. But then I will go through and I'll just take a look and say, okay, the, tomorrow's calendar, even though I've already mm. looked at this di- like during my, quote, work hours, I'm going to take one more peek and just say, is there anything I'm missing here? No, it's good. Yeah. Okay, good. Buttoned up. I don't need to worry about that. And so subconsciously then my brain is like, okay. There's really nothing else you need to do. Just enjoy yourself the rest of the night and, you know, don't stare at a screen too much. Right. Yeah. No, no. That I, actually, your your morning, your evening routine sounds great. And uh, it, it reminds me of um, I don't know if you've read uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. Yes. Yeah. He, in that he talks about and we, we I quote this in the book as well. He talks about having a shutdown ritual. And I just love this idea. So he I can't remember it generally. His idea is when you shut down your computer, you kind of even say it out loud, you're like, I'm shutting down and you check your email, you check your calendar, just as you were saying, but then you fully shut down your computer. And I love that idea because so many people, you know, with laptops, they'll just uh, sleep it, you know, they'll close the lid. So the next time they open it, everything that they were just on is already open. Um, but I love the idea of completely shutting down my laptop. And I often also clean it, you know, the, uh, not, not physically, but clean the, uh, the RAM, whatever. Yes. Um, I, I like to do that because then I feel like it's a brand new slate for the next day. And then I, I close my laptop lid. It's completely closed. If I open it again, it doesn't turn on because it's not on sleep mode. And that really helps me feel like my work day is finished. And now it's the evening. Now I can be with my wife. And now I'm no longer thinking about that thing. So one more step. And and I actually won't turn it off. Uh, not, uh-huh. all the, not all the time, but a lot of times I will. Uh, <laughs> is I will actually hide it. 
and and not mm. in a place I don't know. Like I'll put it in my <laughs> I'll put it in my bag, my work my right, my right, right. laptop bag. But then that bag is like behind a chair, and so right. you know it's out of sight, out of mind. Even at that point, like I have to actually force myself to go get it out, even more so. Yeah, no, that's great. I, yeah, I, I frequently work from home, so I'm, I'm sometimes just at the kitchen table, you know, working. Um, but I, I'll frequently, before my wife gets home or at, at some point, I'll, I'll often do something similar. I'll hide it so it's not on the kitchen table because if she comes home and sees it on the kitchen table, it makes her think about work and it also makes <laughs> me think about work. So it's kind of nice to actually just be like, okay, this is a kitchen table for eating, not for work. Oh, I love that. I love, and I love that having that idea, that space where it's, this is, this is what this space is for. It's not for right, working, right. at least not right now. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah, ideally, you know, ideally we'd have a separate office, but as we don't right now, it's kind of, I like to kind of make that, that difference by just hiding it. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond Now, I'm curious, there's a lot of talk about when you use your bed for more than just sleeping mm. in, it then makes it so that you can't sleep as quickly. Uh, how many of the people that you talked about have kind of a rule where it's like no phones in bed or other things like that? Yeah, quite a few in the book mention that. And I have to say, we don't completely stick to that in my house because we live in a small, uh, small studio in San Francisco. Um, but yeah, many of the people who 
do have you know more separate rooms um do talk about not letting the phones in the room at all or having a certain point in the evening where phones have to be out of it certainly that is something that i am moving towards i take my phone out of the bedroom at about well approximately an hour before i go to bed and i put on airplane mode and keep it on the kitchen table of all things and then i typically don't actually check it the next day until unless i have a meeting or call if i have a meeting or call i will check it just to confirm everything's going well but if i don't i i won't turn it off airplane mode until i either leave or until i start my work. Again, it's not just about having this space where you can quickly fall asleep, but it's about the mental shift moreover, right? Exactly right. Yeah. And it's, it, it really benefits you both in the evening and in the morning. So for that last hour before going to bed, I may be watching TV with my wife and we can go on to that later. But I think I, I think if you get a lot out of it, I think TV is fine, you know, if you if, as long as it's something you enjoy and you watch together. Um, but yeah, I may be watching TV with my wife, but I'm, I'm not on my phone. And then if you know, when the TV ends, when we decide to go to bed, I'm reading a physical book, you know, instead of looking at my phone. And there's a lot of good articles that I save throughout the week, like on Instagram paper that I want to read later on. And they're great. But none of these things are as good as a book, you know, for the most part, you know, books have a lot of editing going into them books have a lot of thought that go into them. And even though longer form articles also have that it's just nice to actually read something that has had that much effort go into it, you know? Yeah, well, and and one of the things with those articles that are saved in Instapaper or whatever your tool of choice is, uh-huh. we, we ultimately, I, I find want to zip through that shorter form <laughs> right. content without fully engaging with it or consuming mm-hmm. it properly. Whereas like a book, it's like, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to savor it. Yeah. No, that, that I actually, I remember like probably 10 years ago now I was reading about speed reading and I, I totally tried to get into speed reading and I tried so hard <laughs> and it was, it, it just really didn't work for me. And I just realized I was like not reading anything, you know, I was just, I was like, what just happened on the last page? I have no idea. And I can't remember, it was a couple of years ago, somebody said, um, I can't remember who, but somebody said, you're not going to be able to read all the books in the world. You know, you're never going to be able to do that. So just slow down, just actually enjoy the process of reading instead of trying to bring up your number, because your number is going to be nothing compared to the number of books in the world. Yeah, better to have a higher quality of comprehension and enjoyment than a higher number of, you know, books read count. Is exactly right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's also for that reason is why I, uh, I love to reread books I really like. Yeah. And, um, if you, if you love a book, like I, I have a spreadsheet where I kind of rate stuff, but if, if you really love it, you'll remember anyway. It, it's, it's great to read, reread. Like I, I would say it's better to reread a book you love than kind of read something that you're not really that interested in and that has, has not been getting great reviews. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to that. <laughs> that goes with a lot of TV and movies. Well. <laughs> exactly right. A, yeah, actually, my, my this is a little off topic, but my wife and I recently uh, resubscribed to Netflix's uh, DVD subscription service. Oh, wow. And man, they have they have some great movies on there, you know? It's like actually on Netflix, like the streaming service, they don't have much anymore in terms of actual, you know, old movies. They mainly just have Netflix uh, originals. But uh, yeah, we, we've been watching some great old movies, which is really feel like they're worth your time, you know? Um, and just many of those you can't really get otherwise. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. There is a lot of stuff where it's like, you know, I want to go watch that specific thing and it's mm-hmm. to be found. You can't find it anywhere to stream. Yeah. No, which- I, I feel really old school. I feel like eyes on me when I like take my little red <laughs> Envelope and put it in the mailbox. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. That's, that, it's funny. That was just. I, I was just about to say, man, that's so old school, and it's like right, right. That, that's not that old. So right, 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 right. Oh gosh. So uh, getting getting back in then to the morning shift of mm-hmm. things or the start of the day, I, I'm curious. 
across the board with all the people that you have talked with, are there certain key components of a morning routine? I mean, I know we've talked, you know, self-care and different things like that. Obviously, there's no one right way to do it, but what mm-hmm. are the key things you found are almost always found when you're talking to these people? I'll go with these individual things first and I'll, I'll say a broader point, but individually, uh, working out comes out, comes up a lot. But the, the most important thing I will say here is that it doesn't really have to happen in your morning. So we do have a whole chapter on morning workouts and all those people do work out in the morning. But for the most part, we were finding that the most successful people or the people who, when we read their routines, it's very clear that they're getting something out of it. Uh, they, they work out at some point, but it doesn't have to be in the morning. So for example, we spoke with, uh, Bill McNabb, who is the current uh, chairman of Vanguard. And um, he works out at around lunchtime. And the reason he does that is because he gets a lot of work done in the morning. Then at around lunchtime, he's kind of feeling a little bit lethargic, you know, as many of us do. So he then gets his workout in then. And personally, that's when I prefer to work out. If I do, it doesn't happen every day. Um, and so that, that was that's one of the most important points. Like we talk about morning workouts, but if you're currently working out at lunchtime or working out in the afternoon or evening, if that really works for you, don't stop. You know, that's that's clearly doing something good for you. Um, something else that comes up again and again is meditation. And the important point here, which brings me on to my broader point, is that if you want to start meditating or you've previously meditated and you kind of want to get back into it, you should really start small. And this can be incredibly small. This could be like two minutes a day. And two minutes will very quickly feel ridiculous. So you might want to up it to five. But yeah, you can, you should, when you start small with these habits, so let's say you want to start meditation or you want to start running in the morning, for example, instead of deciding I want to meditate for half an hour or I want to run for half an hour first thing in the morning, you may decide I want to run, I want to meditate for five minutes and then I want to, I want to just do some light stretching, for example, or some jumping jacks. And after a few weeks, you may want to up your meditation to 10, 15 minutes and you want to, may want to change your light stretching or add on from your light stretching to do like a 10 or 15 minute jog around the block. And this is an important point because when you keep your morning routine short and easy to accomplish, this will greatly increase your chances of actually sticking to it. So many people feel like they have to just go all, you know, all guns blazing. They have to like, look, they have to read for our book, see all the different people, uh, all the different things that people do, and then just do very long versions of everything, you know, half an hour, this half an hour, that. In reality, not only do most people not have that amount of time, um, if you do that, you, you won't stick with it for a day. You know, the second day, you'll be done. So that's that's the number one point we make is to just make everything short and easy to accomplish. I can totally agree with that. And in fact, you know, as somebody who had not been doing morning work workouts for a little while, I decided, you know what, instead of going to the gym this morning, I actually just got outside and it was nice out. It was kind of cool. And I just took a walk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was just so much easier to, to make myself do. And it was a last minute change. Like I was going to go to the gym, but I was like, no, you've only been trying to get back and into locking this habit back into your morning for about the last week. And right now, like I don't really feel like going <laughs> and that stinks, but so you've got to do it. Like s- stick with it. Stay, you know, stay consistent, but you can have no, some variety. <laughs> No, that's exactly right. And yeah, you know, I, I recently spoke with the uh, vice president of product design at Facebook, and she she was telling me, you know, Facebook has this massive gym as you'd expect they do, but um, she has an elliptical at home, and for the most part, that is what she uses to work out on because she just knows that by the time she, you know, she has she has two or three kids, two maybe, and um, so that by the time she gets her kids ready and you know she gets ready and goes to work, she just knows that she's going to arrive at Facebook and she isn't going to go to the gym. She knows that, so she because of that, she just has this elliptical. I, I don't think. She 
she uses it very long, 10 or 15 minutes, and it's just her way of getting it in. And like the whole thing, what's the, uh, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, just actually making something happen. Mm, yeah. And, and, and that's, exi- that's it exactly. Like if I was in a different place where say I could go to the gym and in, you know, 15, 20 minutes, get as good of a workout as it takes me to do like, you know, a half hour or more right now, just right. due to not being in as good a shape as I have been, then, uh-huh. you know, that's the nicest way to put it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that I would be better off maybe going later in the day and doing it mm-hmm. shorter and breaking up my day with it. But because I go first thing in the morning that, and I'm, I'm basically prioritizing it so that it happens at all. Right, right. No, exactly right. That's that's one of the main reasons that we heard from people why they work out in the morning. And it's a great reason. Like if you're if you're if right now, you know, anyone listening to this is really struggling to keep a uh, a morning workout routine, then I, I would definitely suggest keep it short and do it in the morning because then like as you were just saying, you get it in. You know, you you're happy, you know, you'll start your working like I did that, and then you can do it the next day, you can do it the next day. And it's something that you consistently keep up. And that's kind of the point. However, that's a, that's also a great kind of variation there, which is keeping a morning routine up can potentially be difficult, even if you've got it very down and habitualized in your life. Things change, like life changes, routines mm-hmm. change, uh, maybe for short term, like if you're just traveling really quickly or maybe traveling long term. I don't know. But uh, or long term, like, for example, like I'm doing right now with, again, the summer I know is going to look one way and the school year looks an entire different way for me. Yeah, no, we we kind of we, t- we touched upon it. We have a chapter uh, more about short term travel in the book called different environments. And that that's kind of referencing, you know, if you're away on work or something for three, four, five days. And the point the point we make in that chapter is you can definitely have a travel morning routine, which may be kind of a pared down version of your current routine. And you can try to stick to that. And definitely, definitely do try, you know, definitely try to use a hotel gym, the hotel pool, if you normally do that sort of thing. Um, but don't beat yourself up if you can't follow it. Because often if we're traveling for work you know we're traveling for something reasonably important hopefully and so you should kind of focus on that and just focus on getting enough sleep and don't just don't get mad at yourself for like missing it um but in terms of you know longer changes that you were saying like a term change i would say for that like don't see the fact that you have to change or the fact that you're now doing something different as kind of a bad thing against your, your current routine. You just need to have several different routines. And um, we spoke with a um, a part-time Buddhist priest in for the book. And she is, I can't remember, she has like, she splits her year into three parts. Part of it, she's a Buddhist priest. Part of it, she's a novelist. And I think she also teaches at a university. And so she kind of explained to us her three different morning routines. And although, you know, it, your kid, you know, kids being home for summer versus being at school, that's not as dramatic as being a being a teacher versus being a uh, Buddhist priest, there's definitely going to be some similarities there, but you, you want to look at those differences and kind of work, work on them, you know, see what time differences you need to get up, see what you need to be doing when, and kind of just work with it. See, so you know what you're doing. Well, and, and you think there might even be just components that either needed to be added in or substituted mm-hmm. or, or even dropped. Exactly. Or like re- reduced in length, for example. So like if you're when, when, when your kids aren't home, if your morning routine is slightly more leisurely, uh, you may have to reduce that, you know, and, it, you know, that, that sucks. But um, we, we, we talk at the end of the parents chapter, it's something like, um, 
I can't remember, I can't remember the exact wording, but we, we got it from somebody else. And something along the lines of uh, this is going to change, you know, th- th- this is what it is right now. And it's great and it's terrible at the same time, but it, it, it will change. And when, when it changes, you'll miss it and you'll enjoy it. And it's just it's just what it is. Yeah, it's, it's almost that like minimum effective dose. Like what's the least amount that's, that right. I have to get in order to make any difference at all, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So any advice there that people have had maybe in terms of when they've had to make those switches, like in terms of choosing the length of a thing or the picking up or the dropping of a one of the components of a morning routine? Yeah, I mean, you definitely some of it is not going to be based on what you want to do. Like, you know, if there's if there's many other people in your life, you kind of have to work around them as much as possible. Um, But definitely like if you're just starting out with a new morning routine, try these different items and you know make them short, as I was saying earlier. But um, if you start to really enjoy one item, so if you really enjoy running over meditating and you're really not enjoying meditating that much, it's fine to either cut out meditating entirely or to uh, reduce the length of it, so to increase the length of the things you do enjoy. And this this shouldn't be taken like as a, as a solid rule because obviously part of a morning routine and kind of part of discipline is doing things that you don't completely enjoy. Um, but if you're, you know, if there's, if there's something that's really sucking for you and you just like really don't want to be doing it, then that's fine. If you've given it time, if you've given it a few weeks, uh, it, it's fine to drop it at that point. Yeah, it's almost like adding in, I don't know, like a certain point of medicine, maybe. Right, right. It's like, here, the doctor says, here, try this for a month, then come back and say, you know, do you feel any different? <laughs> and no, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. And like, yeah, like, uh, not everything works for everyone. And, you know, you may love to meditate or you may just get absolutely nothing out of it. And we, we suggest trying it. We suggest trying all of these items. But if you if you really get nothing out of it and you've given it a fair shot, then, you know, it's, it's completely fair to say, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, a- as we go through the book, there's there's so many different approaches, but there's also a lot of consistency in, in a mm-hmm. way across the board. I'm curious, are there any findings that just completely surprised you as you were talking to all these people um i think i mean this sounds very boring but i think the most surprising finding was kind of how routine these people are and this is not terms of uh this is this is not i don't mean this in in a boring way but i mean i was surprised i I thought there'd be a little bit more variation um but for the most part people do do what they say they do every single day um, but they do, and this was another consistent topic. Um, if they fail, so we always ask people at the end of their at the end of their interview, what do they do if they fail to follow their morning routine? And that could mean a certain element of their routine or the whole thing. And another consistent reply from all of them was, well, for nearly all of them, was that if they fail, they really don't beat themselves up, and they don't see one solitary misday as a setback. And we think that is so important because um, I'm sure you're familiar with the. Um, jerry seinfeld idea of having a a wall calendar and then every day you put a cross when you do something in his case it was writing a joke so every single day you put a cross and the idea is to not break the chain and we think this idea is great it's a really good idea but it can kind of screw you if you do miss it if you do miss it one day so what we like to say of your morning routine and kind of anything in life is if you do miss it one day or if you even if you miss it two days don't see that as a failure don't don't aim to do this and don't don't try and miss a week at a time but don't don't see it as a failure. Just see it as you know one solitary missed day, and then just like get back to it the next day. When they talk about that rule, they kind of talk about it as this like Seinfeld "don't break the chain" exactly kind of yeah. rule. And it's like even in the even in the stating of it, 
don't break the chain. They're kind of push, pushing the pressure on it right, right. In, in the way that yeah. they phrase it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very motivating, you know? So, like, the idea is great. It's just, like, it really doesn't address, like, if you do break the chain, because it, 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 it's kind of like... um. I don't know, like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or something. Like, if you do break that chain, get back on it the next day. And obviously, that's a much tougher situation, so sure. I won't go into that. But um, just just generally, the, the, the whole idea is don't worry so much. Don't think, okay, I can't have a morning routine anymore. Just think, okay, I'll get back to it the next day. Yeah, just start a new chain. It's, it's uh-huh, better to exactly have, right. you know, it's better to have two long chains or three or four or whatever. I mean, we're talking, we're not talking, you know, if you miss it, life's over. It's right. No, right. You, you, you literally jump right back on. It's, you know, like riding yeah. the bike. It's, it's just a, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just a mindset set shift, you know, cause we're so often told this, we're so often making these chains, but, um, no, just, just, just get back on it the next day. Yeah. Well, I, I really want everybody to go grab this. I mean, I didn't think that I needed to have a book called my morning routine that but as i went through it i i just kept thinking i i have not thought about this enough lately and even if you have thought about it and and you have a routine that's working for you there might be ways to optimize it so i think everybody should go grab the book again it's called my morning routine how successful people start every day inspired and it's by penguin uh, you guys also have the site, so I would love for people to continue uh, and, con- you know, continue on the journey and connect with you as you guys keep going with this. What are the plans for the site now that the book is out? Oh, we're, we're just continuing on every week. Uh, it's a Tuesday as we record this, so I'm just currently editing tomorrow's routine. Um, I'm a little behind. I should only edit it a few days before. But um, <laughs> yeah, every every single Wednesday, we put up a brand new routine. Um, many of them is quite just dis- because like I said, half the routines in the book are from the website and half are brand new. Um, but it's funny, since since uh, since the book finally going to press, so I couldn't change it anymore. But yeah, every, every single week, we have a different person on. We've got really interesting guests coming up. Um, yeah, and it's mymorningroutine.com. And I'm sure then that's the best place to send everybody because you've got the links to the book and everything there, right? We do. Yeah. MyMorningRoutine.com <laughs> slash book. Um, you can also just you know set, put my morning routine in Amazon. It will, it will come up. Perfect. Benjamin, it has been great talking with you. This is a great topic. I think everybody has to revisit this from time to time, even if they're good at it. So I want everybody to be great at it. Thanks for being here. This has been great talking with you. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks, Eric. So what do you think? Is it time to revisit that morning routine and also your evening routine since they're so closely connected? We're not even doing a deep dive into sleep in this conversation, even though we did touch on it a bit. Though I have done some episodes that dive into sleep specifically, you can find those by typing in sleep into the search bar on the site at beyondthetodolist.com. And in fact, you can find the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 227. While you're there, if you know somebody who needs to get their morning routine into alignment, share this conversation with them. Hit the share button, share it with social, share it with email, whatever. The best way is to reach them, shoot it over to them. And thanks to you, the listener, for listening. I'm glad you were here. I hope you got a lot out of it, and I will see you next episode.
Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews, so you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.